I'm not going to preach on the gospel tonight, but I do hope that we will take this gospel into our week uh, to put into practice what we spoke about last weekend, to become people of the Word, and to use the Word of God as a light. In this case, for example, to understand how God, how the devil tempts us with regard to materialism, power, and presumption. Those three areas where the devil can get at us and how Jesus defends himself by using the Word of God. Do we keep the Word of God like a sword at our side, ready to fend off those temptations when they come? Jesus is showing us that the Word of God can be used like a spiritual weapon. We need to arm ourselves with the Word of God. I want to talk about something that is going to impact the spirit and the motive of how you and I live this Lenten 40 days together. And I hope it will be helpful. When there is a deep, sincere love for someone, it means that we will their good, the good of the beloved. And whenever we will good for someone, when we love, in this fallen world, it will also mean that there will be moments of sorrow. Sorrow when that good is threatened, when it is rejected, or when it is lost. I will never forget the moment in my high school years when I was making bad choices that were doing great harm to me and to others. I will never forget the moment when my father wept over me because he was so deeply hurt by what I was doing. And my mother also was in great agony and sorrow because of the path I was going down. It made her sick. She was in bed for days because of the overwhelming sorrow over her son. When we meditate prayerfully over the stations of the cross, or when we pray those sorrowful mysteries of the rosary, we are struck anew by what God did to show his love, to bring about the greatest good in our life, which is our salvation. But it is also a very sober reminder to all of us of what it cost God to love us and bring about that good. 
of all the sorrow and suffering that Jesus endured because of our sins, our ingratitude, our indifference, our rebellious hardness of heart that we have displayed at different moments in our life for some of us numerous times. The way that is put in a couple of the stations of the cross, like station number seven, he was punished for our offenses, crushed for our sins. Upon him was the punishment that makes us whole. By his wounds, we were healed. We had all gone astray like sheep, following each of us our own way. But the Lord laid upon him the guilt of us all. And then I'm always deeply moved by station 12. My people, what have I done to you? How have I offended you? I led you out of the land of Egypt, and you prepared a cross for me. I opened the Red Sea before you, and you opened my side with a lance. I gave you a royal scepter, and you have given me a crown of thorns. With great power I lifted you up, and you have hung me upon a cross. It's good for us to feel deeply this reality of what it cost God to save us. And the only reason why I share this is because our Lent and the penances that we do, this can be a moment where we can join the ranks of those who were a consolation for Jesus. We can do penance by now putting into the heart of Jesus not more sorrow, not more suffering, but we can now put into the heart of Jesus consolation like the man who helped Jesus carry his cross, like the woman who wiped his bloody face, like the centurion who offered Jesus a drink on the cross to help numb the pain, like the woman who washed the feet of Jesus with her tears, or his mother who stood by him at the cross with John, his disciple. We can offer consolation now to the one that we caused sorrow. St. Therese understood this so well. When she said in her autobiography, love can only be repaid by love. And therefore, the consolation of my heart 
will be to give you love for love, O Lord. And then further on she said, How will I prove my love for you, Jesus? I will strew flowers before you. And what I mean by that is this, Jesus. I will not allow one little sacrifice to escape. Not one look, not one word. But profiting by all the smallest things and doing them only through love. So you got a holy card when you came in today. Why don't you take that right now into your hands? And if you didn't get one for some reason when you came in, if you slipped by, make sure you take one on the way out of Mass today. Let's read together that first prayer on the back of that holy card. Dear Jesus, I know that your sacred heart is sorrowful because so many people neither love you nor trust in you. Behold, Lord, here I am. Though weak and sinful, I love you and I trust in you. I intend that all my actions this day be for the purpose of consoling you. Okay. You can turn the card back around. This image was introduced to me by a friend. It's a beautiful image. Unless you become like little children, says the Lord, you will not enter the kingdom of God. This is a beautiful image of what it means to be childlike, to have our hearts touching the heart of Jesus and to respond to his love with love, to console the heart of Jesus. Sometimes our penances in Lent are still too much about us. What I'm giving up, they're not sometimes enough about Jesus. What I'm offering to Jesus. This is my prayer and hope for all of us this Lent that this spirit would permeate our hearts and everything that we do. For example, the first penance is prayer. Do we go to prayer because of what I may get out of it? Am I frustrated if I don't feel anything in my prayer? Would I pray if I did not experience any consolation? Is it possible that I can approach prayer as something purely to console the heart of Jesus? That even though I don't feel anything, that I will pray simply because it consoles Jesus' heart? How about fasting and other forms of self-denial? Let's face it, sometimes it's hard to do. But if I knew that in giving up pop or candy or whatever you've chosen to give up, if I, in giving it up, can turn it like St. Therese 
into an act of love to console the heart of Jesus, that would give me more strength and a greater motive for doing what I'm doing. And finally, our acts of charity. Let's not perform our almsgiving in a therapeutic way to do it simply because it makes me feel good. Let's do our almsgiving for Jesus to quench the thirst of his heart for love. If we give any charity or alms to the poor, let it be to quench the thirst of Jesus who said, when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was lonely and sick, you visited me. Let us do our almsgiving, not to make us feel good. Let us do it to console the heart of Jesus. And so I hope you will take this holy card and keep it with you all throughout Lent. These are beautiful prayers. And notice that the focus is not us. It is to console the heart of Jesus and his Father. If you and I have this as our focus, meditating on this image, I guarantee you our Lent will be very different and abundantly fruitful in grace. Amen.